0: Hello and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Bite, And I'm Len Foot. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the crowd is ready for ultimate operatic rock. Uh, as tonight we are discussing probably one of the most influential rock bands of all time, The Who. And joining us is our friend of the podcast and new member of the Jag Corps, Bruce Hollett. Welcome to Jag Bags. Bags. Ah, Thanks. Good to be with you. Yes. Uh, Bruce is making his fifth guest appearance, which means one of two things. One, he is now part of the JAG Corps because we have uh, a select few number of people who have been on the podcast five or more times. So they will be, uh, we'll be honoring Bruce later at Liquor Box um, (laughs) with a drink cozy, uh, autographed
1: by former Bulls coach Jim Boylan, and uh, a purple jacket. And Uh, Olaf has arranged. The flaming hoop For Bruce to jump through That's right
0: Well we were going to Surprise him So it's, well, it's going to be Quite a night
1: Drop yeah. um, yourself in Bruce I'm ready yeah. Call off anything For tomorrow <laughs> That's going to be tomorrow <laughs>
0: um, So tonight We're talking The Who
1: And uh,
0: you know Before we get into Our normal uh, Categories and discussions uh, Of The Who uh, This is a band That has sold more Than 100 million records Worldwide But outside of that They really are considered one of the most influential rock bands of all time and I think that's interesting just all the stuff that they pioneered and we'll get into all of that Um, and we'll discuss their albums Uh, we'll discuss our five favorite albums we uh, have a 45 minute playlist Uh, we'll talk about which member might be the most important and which might be the least important and uh, we'll talk about our first memories of the band as well so let's start there Um, yeah the Who's is one of those bands that seem like they've been around for ever I can't ever remember thinking you know a, a, a
2: time without the who but
0: what was your, Bruce what's your first memory of the who growing up I'm sure
2: yeah so g- growing up uh they were on the uh, the classic rock radio all of that. so pinball wizard 515 uh you know just all, all those songs that you would hear love rain over me Baba yeah. O'Reilly you, you know sort of uh just you know all, always there and then um I guess like end of high school early college uh, you know I would heard all this singles but i didn't have like albums or anything and then i got into someone turned me on to the album Tommy. yeah and i got way into that and then it was like could not have been better timing because 1989 uh the who went on tour and they basically played all of tommy right and that was my very first real rock concert was i saw the who at alpine valley on that was
0: that one level. of your first uh that was one of your first rock
2: concerts yes because i remember i went to a military high school during during military high school i did get to go see maynard ferguson Hold, hold on to yourself and know you were jealous. I am gonna see Maynard Ferguson in South Bend, Indiana. It was a great show. Is that your first concert? Uh yeah. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> the Who, the Who was my first one, real one. You long. were part of Maynard Mania then. That's right. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Did you get playing his Fergus songs? <laughs> Did you get a t-shirt? Uh, no, I did get a t-shirt nice. from The Who, though. Nice. Yeah, Darkly. that was a great show. That was a great show at Alpine Valley. Yeah, Alpine Valley, great, fantastic show. Had a great time. What was that Ohio. was your freshman year of college? Yes. Yeah, uh, I didn't go to that, probably, because
0: I didn't have any money.
2: I, actually, I think it was in the summer between, like, when when school was Oh, uh, okay. You, you would have been in Ohio. Right.
0: They, the Who doesn't go to Ohio.
2: Not, uh, not since the incident. Uh, 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 we'll talk what about that. What was that? Uh, was that, like,
1: the 70s when in it hit late 70s? 70s when that happened. Yeah, that
0: yeah. was down in Cincinnati, which is that's basically Kentucky. So just to yeah. uh, just to be clear, that would never happen in Cleveland. People. Died.
1: What was weird was there was like a XR, not an XR, uh, WKRP episode about that. Do you remember? About the yeah. those kids getting trampled. Yeah, they like had something about it in WKRP in Cincinnati sitcom did an episode that talked about that. Do you remember that? Oh, I don't. Johnny Beaver. I, I remember Gary Sandy's character Andy was the one who was talking about it. Yeah. I mean, they would have, yeah. had, I mean, that's, they have going to be a rock station and not, and not discuss that. Well, cause it was a sitcom. I mean, a sitcom. I mean, it was a good sitcom, Oh yeah. but I remember them addressing it. Interesting. I mean, yeah. it makes all the sense. Um, then what was, uh, what was your first memory of, of the, Who? I was just making sure I was right about this KRP thing. Yeah. And it's, there's an episode. It deals with a real life tragedy in which several concert goers were either injured or killed during a stampede while attending a concert in Cincinnati. by the who though I did not imagine that yeah 1980 I remember watching it too it was was pretty young
2: it
0: was because it was it was was a general admission show
2: right and everyone wanted to get in early and the band started doing their sound check and then the 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 crowd outside thought that the actual concert was beginning and just you know went nuts yeah just
1: people got horrible horrible unbelievable yeah anyways my first memory I got the 45 for I can see for miles and I don't remember why I got it but that was the first Who song I listened to a lot and like Bruce was saying of course classic Rock Pinball Wizard I feel like That song was everywhere in the 70s because Elton John also Had a hit Mm -hmm. doing a cover of it Right. Yep I remember that Pinball Wizard I feel Like all of us have probably just known that song Forever because the Who version was Popular uh Elton John version Was popular it was in pop culture A lot but I don't think oh you Know another thing too was growing up One of the Chicago radios I can't remember Which station it was but they did a promo where they had something called the magic bus and it would dr- drive around and give stuff away yep. and they would always play magic bus by the who so I don't think I had I think the first album we had in our house by the who was probably meaty beady big and bouncy and I think we also had the kids are all right my brother had the kids are all right one but I think it was at that point where he was playing his own stuff instead of like yeah there it is there yeah. it is technically and, uh, a
2: compilation album meaty Beedy.
1: yeah but you know what <laughs> you got all the good songs though it's great. I, I consider it an album because when I when I started listening to it, I didn't know any of those songs. I don't think maybe, maybe I can see for miles and a couple others, but most of them I didn't know. So to me, it was like a whole new album. And, and uh yeah, that's that's my first memories.
0: Mine are uh so uh mine are hearing the song You Better You Bet on the radio. That was Damn. that was literally my first. I was like, this song rules, and um and you heard you heard it on the radio, and then uh I my, that was the first song I bought because it was far, part of the K tell uh album uh hit line i believe and, uh, <laughs> you better you bet on it and i thought it was so great that when i bought the uh other k tell collection full tilt <laughs> that had uh, pete
2: townsend's solo song let my love open the door yeah. okay so first of all i just want to make sure that you followed instructions and before you ordered the Gatel album off of the television did you get your parents permission
0: oh, oh heck heck yes i never made a move without <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they enthusiastically approved. I actually think I went to Camelot Music. I don't think I ordered over. I think, well, I can't remember how I, maybe I did order it over though.
2: I just remember the, the, uh, the ridiculous ads on the TV for the K um, Oh, yeah. They were great. The, the yeah, ads, they'd, were they'd have
0: the, um, you'd see the bands that would, it would be like featuring Michael Jackson, Rock With You, and Devo it. They'd play, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I remember, I think I was in, I think I was eleven or twelve, but they were touring. It was like their final tour, because everyone was like, "Oh, they're going to break up," because they were putting out "It's Hard" and um, "Eminence Front" was everywhere. Yeah, great album. And um, and Athena, I think Athena was off that. Yep. And uh, and I really wanted to go, but I was not allowed uh, uh,
2: because you were a child. Yeah,
0: exactly. Too young. Sticks, totally fine. The Who, absolutely not.
2: <laughs> this is this is Ohio logic.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was like. Like that's, that's BS, but it like, I, but I'm like you, like, I think I was, I had the greatest hits, but it was the one with the union Jack Mm -hmm. flag. And yeah, I remember that one. And I think that, but I didn't really get into them so much in high school. Um, and, uh, but I, was, but I would follow Pete Townsend solo career a little bit. Like I, like I had white city and, uh, uh what's um those the, the solo album i can see the empty glass that's the empty yeah. glass ridiculous
2: both those records yeah
0: white city's great too and uh and it wasn't until college that um and i forget who it was probably our mutual friend jeff smithwick who had who's next and, uh so i so i but i didn't get into tommy i got into who's next and um and he and i i'm trying to remember it was him who was all down on Quadrafenia and uh he said it's bloated it's no good uh, <laughs> but uh it wasn't until i got out of school that I got into Tommy and then also the who sell out uh, and uh, so we'll talk more about that but those are my first memories um, of the who but I think that I feel like the who are more of like a singles you could always like they are known for like a handful of good albums but like I don't know I feel like they're more but they're like they're better known for like their classic tracks um I don't know what you guys think they're they're known for like their well and they're known for their rock opera albums
2: that's right, right.
0: um let's uh let's talk about our top five albums what uh what are you- what are your top five albums of all time?
2: um so i actually have uh number five Bass stances damn which has you better you bet and um followed uh, number four by it's it's hard both those albums came out in 81 yeah and uh yeah you were right it's hard as athena and eminence run. <clears throat> those are both great songs and they don't sound a lot like what they did in the you know 60s and 70s yeah but i give them credit because they they definitely sound like you know the early 80s like but but it's definitely the Who, right? It's not, it's not like the cars or anything, but like they definitely evolved with the times. And to, to your point, like you know, there's there's a lot of songs on It's Hard and Face Dances that you would never hear on the radio, but each one of them had, you know, s- singles that like you know went went high up the charts, right? Um, number three, I have the who by numbers.
0: Interesting.
2: Yes. Um, which was like nineteen seventy five and uh has Slip Kid and Squeeze Box.
0: Slipkid is a complete taste busting jam. Yes. Yeah, I love I love Slipkid. I didn't put it on my playlist, but I almost did. That's a first Pantheon song. Yeah, that's yeah, a great song.
2: Absolutely. And Squeezebox was on the radio all the time. So.
1: Sque- <laughs> I love Squeezebox, too. Yeah. And I, rem- Squeezebox. I
2: remember we were at the Abbey
1: Pub once, and this woman, she was opening for like Phil and Gotti or something, and she came out with an accordion and played Squeezebox. <laughs> 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 and it was great. It was just ridiculous, but she was really good. That is a little ridiculous. I bet that is very funny. Yeah
2: and then uh n- number two i have uh who's next please and you, you know again so so many so many good songs De- definitely iconic album and you know came out right after tommy right um which was you, you know so who's next is not you know the the rock opera you know concept it just has great song right uh and uh, you know baba o'reilly um getting in tune behind blue eyes won't get fooled again uh, lots lots and lots of great songs right um and then uh oh and uh uh, Nikki Hopkins uh, on piano on who's Nicky Hopkins is an uh, is on all British rocks yeah.
0: they're like we need we need this hard driving to piano to make us <laughs> really be, all Nicky Hopkins yeah guys that
2: really really. on all of them all of the records <laughs> uh number one for me is Tommy like uh hands down mm. um and I uh, it's it, I I can listen to it start to finish uh to this day love it uh one of the things for me as as a guitar player that really stands out on Tommy is Pete Townsend is a Motherfucker on the acoustic guitar Like his yeah, acoustic guitar work on that amazing. Right is like amazing yeah, uh, I agree. And you listen to it and it's like It's hard to fathom like how fast His right hand is going like on some of those Guitar parts like you just it's just A, a, a master class In uh, playing the Gibson Jumbo Acoustic guitar
0: now that's interesting Because it's like pretty distinctive like you I feel like you know I, I feel like you know Exactly who it is like it's so Who's playing that
2: yeah nobody else plays the Acoustic guitar like Pete Salinson does on tom like hands out i remember in uh the uh the no hipsters allowed uh, group uh <laughs> the guy who runs it like asked about like great acoustic guitar players and i i threw in uh, pete townsend and he tried to counter with uh keith richards and i'm like look keith richards is no slouch but pete townsend uh, destroyed interest yeah. yeah and i i like keith richards a lot as a guitar player. and he is a stud who's the guitar player.
1: my number one is the guy in animal house that's my number one <laughs>
0: i gave my love to me <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Len's all-time number one acoustic guitar player. Soulful. yes. Beautiful.
2: <laughs> it just smashes the guitar.
0: Wronged that's, by Belushi. That's Steve, that's Stephen Bishop. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's Stephen. It's Stephen Bishop as the guitar player who gets his
2: on and on. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Belushi's like, shut the hell up.
1: <laughs> That's,
2: that's my top five that's
0: good
1: alright Len what about you mine is a little might be controversial <laughs> I, put two, I put two Pete Townsend solo albums in there
0: you know it's it's interesting
1: um, because uh, you know if he was
0: still doing The Who but yeah it felt like he was paying more attention to his solo career you know while those last two albums are going on I don't know that was just my so I, I, it's not cheating for me in other words
2: yeah no he and Pete Townsend was writing a lot wrote a lot of songs but one interesting thing on a lot of the uh, the early albums in, in general like they, they unlike like the Beatles and some of the other bands, it was like everyone writes two songs for this album. So, it was like trying to, you know, keep keep things somewhat even, right? Yeah. So there was there was a, John Entwistle wrote uh, Boris the Spider. Please. <laughs> Something's crawling up the wall.
1: <laughs> Greatest song about a spider ever
2: written. I love that song. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I
1: agree. All right, uh, I'll it. go backwards. My number Me. five. Okay. And I think this was only an American album, but it's the I don't know if it, this one might have been the second Who album I ever got. No, it was a third. But I really like at it and it's the who sings my generation Excellent. which has my you know obviously my generation legal matter out in the street Um, kids are all right and I, I remember playing that and going oh yeah the who, the who is really good <laughs> <laughs> my number four is all the best cowboys have Chinese eyes jam and these next four albums I love all four of them all four of them be will eventually come up in my top 500 albums of all time okay and they're all up pretty high that's what I was like i need to i need to include pete Townsend solo in there because i love three of his albums i didn't put uh what's the one we talked we talked about him not too long ago like a month ago the one that's got um this what's his solo album with give blood on it what's the what's the title of it it's that's white I, that's white city white city white city that's a great album too great right but all the best cowboys slit skirts i'm not slit skirts um oh yeah slit skirts yeah slit skirts Stardom him in actin Exquisitely bored sea refuses no river stop hurting People, every song in this album. I love this album, love it. Yeah, I good. feel like they don't get talked about. Like Pete Townsend solo, the only I f- song I feel like that is around in the world is "Let My Love Open Door." That's it. Yeah, there's a uh, criminal because all these albums are great. Yeah, I agree.
0: I think I I love Rough Boys. Sometimes you hear
2: Rough Boys. That's on Empty Glass. Like every once in a while on the radio. Every once, in a while. I'm just saying
0: like a song. I saw a Pete Townsend early uh, that you, you. I never
1: heard. hear. I never hear Rough Boys. When back in the eight. 80s and 90s, yeah, I'd hear, you'd hear Rough Boys, but I don't really hear these songs anywhere anymore. That's true. But speaking of, my number three is Empty Glass, another one I love every single song. Rough Boys, you mentioned, I Am an Animal, and I Moved, Let My Love Open the Door, every song, it's like, I, I, I'm i going to list every song because I like all. Yeah. I listen to both of these albums a lot, and it probably helps that I don't, they didn't get overplayed, even though they were popular, at least when they came out, but I listen to both of those a lot. And then my number two is a compilation, so I guess I... I'm cheating a little bit, but we we're just talking about that, Bruce. And it's meaty, beady, big, and bouncy. Great, great album. It's just—I don't know if we had this first or the, who's. I think maybe we had this first, but I was like, "This is great." But it's—it feels different. Like, so this is all their earlier stuff before Who's Next. Yeah. But again, none of this. Every, Boris the Spider's on here, so you can't—you can't lose. Agreed. In a song like "Any Way, Anyhow, Anywhere" that almost gets forgotten—that's a great song. There's it's so- just the jam yeah. on there. Pictures of Lily yeah that's that's a great song i love that song total jam 14 songs all great Yep. remember we wore this album out at my house and then number one who i think who's next is perfect i think every song
0: who's next is is so awesome that it's sort of like it's so awesome you forget about it because it's like it's like this towering kind of mountain and like you take it for granted and uh i was listening to it and it's been like forever since i listened to who's next and i was like you just can't deny it like quit screwing around this
1: is the best album. My, it's my favorite. Um yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. You feel like they should have been more prolific though, because I don't think they released enough albums. Because I, I, I have to admit I'm not a big fan of Tommy because I think there there's a few songs that I don't like. Mm-hmm. But pretty much every album I because I was playing all the Who over the past few months in preparation for this. And yeah. like some other bands we've done, I'm just like I, I like all these albums. Right. There's never an album I was like even their newer ones that no one really paid attention to.
2: They're pretty good.
1: They are. You just, you, you feel like they, they should have done a few more albums.
2: Yeah. I mean, after It's Hard in 1982, right? I mean, they, they had a couple things that came out, but really, I mean, there's there's a handful of compilation albums in there, right? So if you take out the compilations, one, one, two, three, only like 10 albums up to 1982. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not that many. Especially
1: co- concerning, it, especially the 70s, because so many musical artists in the 70s, they'd have one or two albums every year, right? The, the Who didn't yeah, do they, that?
2: At least the, every other year so 1969 tommy who's next 71 quadrophenia 73 who by number 75 who are you 78 and outrageous three years later yeah. outrageous and then another three years to get to face dances yeah and uh, and then it's hard was 80 i guess it's hard is technically late 81 early 80s 80 yeah. so, yeah. and then that was kind of it right
0: yeah for like like 25 years almost
2: yeah they did the like, endless wire in 2006.
0: yeah mm-hmm. um the endless wire actually Made my honorable mention. That's a good album. Yeah,
1: it is a good album.
0: Um, it's
2: just
1: yeah. For how great they are, they were. They took their time. I'm sure their record company was mad at them.
2: <laughs> oh, that's that's why <laughs> I think you a lot out. of it is. Right, it, it, the record company has to make money, so they do the compilations. Yeah, and the yeah, right, right. The live albums. I, I didn't, I didn't include. I, I live at Leeds is is uh, an incredible uh, live album. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I
0: mean, th- th- that's in my top five. I and mean, could we, if we we're counting live albums? Sure,
2: sure. Yeah, I, I chose not to include, it, but it's like absolutely, it's it's a it's a top five, no doubt. No, so
0: I cheated too because I included it. I mean, I have my number five is Who Sings My Generation. That's number five. Yeah. I have empty glass as number four um number three i have the who sell out i think the who sell out is unbelievable it's it's like it's like it's like one of the very first like concept albums and it's pretty brilliant too because it you're like you're listening to like a, a radio broadcast and they like explore like they're 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 exploring like heavy themes that are like unlike what any other rock band are doing they're talking about like commercialism and they're talking about like what belongs on the radio and what doesn't And they're um, Plus they're kind of like It's it's kind of like Like little song snippets that And they It's like a song cycle It all kind of runs together A little bit So it's not like A song ends And then there's the There's silence And then a new song begins There's like radio jingles And it kind of moves It's like you're listening To one big long And the only thing That really stands apart Is I Can See for Miles Which is total jam Yeah But I think there's so many Great and beautiful songs Like ballads Wonderful ballads Um kind of like introspective which you don't normally expect from the who because they're so loud and want to bleed your eardrums but i just
2: love the who sell out cover art is amazing dude like roger daltrey in a bath of high and (laughs) baby yeah
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) keith moon with a a, zit cream he looks like a
2: loser (laughs) (laughs) Pete townsend has the giant deodorant thing odorono
0: he should have used odorono <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, number two is Live at Leeds. Like you were just saying, that's one of the all
2: time great live outs. And
0: they're not screwing around at no, live. No.
2: Yeah, not that long ago, they released it uh, like a deluxe edition with like the whole concert. Because originally, you know, they had to fit it on a, just an LP, right? So they, you know, but yeah, you you can now, uh, I'm sure it's on Spotify or whatever. iron not just the, the bit line. It's nonstop, start to finish.
0: Nonstop. And what I love too is the crowd sounds. Yeah. I don't think there are any girls at that concert. Um, I think those are all just like tossers, dudes. <laughs> guys right. are ready to fight and drink.
2: The girls are all the way at the back, try you know, in fear for their life.
0: Right, and they or, or bored. Like I'm not going up there. Right. Uh, besides, it's loud enough; I can hear it from all the way back here at the drink tent. So uh, right. I, will not, I will not be attending that meeting. Right. And uh, yeah, because like the, this, each song ends. You just hear,
1: yeah,
0: it's all guys. I just think, it's, um, <laughs> and there's no screams. There's no, yeah. You know, no. Right. And uh, and then number one is who's next. Um, right. I think we've talked about that. Um, that ranking that is a tough one. Like ranking the songs on Behind Blue Eyes because yeah, that's that is that is a first Pantheon album, and every song in there is first Pantheon. Like that's just you can make an argument for like greatest rock album of all time. Like I was listening to this and I was just like, oh my god, I forgot how great Bargain is. Like I'm all, yeah. I'm, I'm driving too fast. (laughs)
2: I'm in the car I'm already uh, side two is getting in tune going mobile Okay. Behind Blue Eyes, Won't Get Fooled Again. I've heard of that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Won't
1: Get Fooled Again and Baba O'Reilly were you almost forget those two are on the same album together. Right. They're both just huge. And I'm like, oh yeah, Won't Get Fooled Again is on here too. It's crazy. They talk like about- two of the rock like staples on mm-hmm. the same album.
0: And uh um, and of course, uh the uh soundtrack for the David Caruso uh what was it, David Caruso CBS crime uh drama that featured, <laughs> Uh, Won't get fooled again. You just saw David
2: Caruso putting on his glasses and you hear was it a CSI? <laughs> yeah, CSI. The famous Roger Daltrey scream.
0: Yeah. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Caruso putting on his glasses. Oh
2: my god. <laughs> oh,
0: was so funny. But yeah, those are those are my um those are my top 5 uh, favorite uh, or top 5 who albums. Um but all those that you mentioned are all great. Yeah, I agree that like, you know, I I Bruce, I think it's interesting that you liked the Kenny Jones the the Kenny Jones albums because Keith moon dies from eating thirty two uh tablets of uh, what kind of
2: the or something like that like the <laughs> something that was supposed to uh ease the uh withdrawal from alcohol'll <laughs> no. I'll take thirty two of these
0: He needed thirty two and i'll I'll wash it down with a
2: glass of bourbon right <laughs> oh
0: God but I had read and I forget where I read this that Townsend was about to fire him, but he couldn't oh, re- yeah. <laughs> he couldn't really play like,
2: yeah like I think on one of the albums like near the end like I had to bring in another drummer because like he just he couldn't play in six eight like uh excuse me it's just you know he's falling apart right yeah. um so yeah just you know a, a sad another sad rock and roll addiction story right very sad um, but uh, no yeah i mean it's hard is uh, fantastic i listened to it i listened to it yesterday i also listened to face dances yesterday and like like there's a, there's good songs on here and it's like you know sounds great
0: and kenny jones i mean kenny jones was a stud drummer himself
2: yeah, yeah. i read that uh um phil collins uh was uh trying to be the drummer As well, but they—they'd already uh, Pete Pete Townsend is already like, no, this guy.
0: (laughs) Imagine Phil Cop. I would like to submit my name. Perhaps you know me for songs such as (laughs) Abacab. Perhaps you've heard of selling England by the pound. I, I could, I have lots of songwriting ideas as well, Pete. I think we could collaborate. <laughs>
1: I have this idea for a song about looking at the homeless and thinking we're in paradise, aren't we?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I have a, I have a, uh, uh, an album with a horn section called Illegal Alien. Won't that be great, Pete? Oh boy. <laughs> oh,
1: hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sketch. Would the Who be interested in covering a groovy kind of love? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have uh, lots of ideas, which I have captured on this uh, cassette tape.
1: I'll leave it here for you, Pete, and then uh, the lads. Maybe I'll let you star and Buster with me if you let me join your group. <laughs> Maybe I'll let you.
0: Oh man,
1: um, Eminence Front is one of my favorites. Oh, That's
0: absolutely! Favorite. I love
1: that song. Um, Eminence that- Front came close to making my list last week. Beef. I'll just leave it at. Yeah. You're kidding! Yeah. What
0: eminence front and <laughs> sultans of swing?
1: Eminence Front, it's the same kind of reasoning. Anytime Eminence Front would come on, I'd be like, why are they playing this when The Who has 8,000 better songs than this?
0: How dare you, sir? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm offended. I'm submitting a full report to Oaken. I
1: really don't like Eminence, and I'm not into Eminence. You're not into Eminence? Yeah.
0: What about um
1: (laughs) Eve, I'm being serious
2: here. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, let's let's do our forty five minute playlist. Uh Bruce, let's start with you. All right.
2: All right. So mine, go-
0: mine goes over. Just that
2: you new. Know. Uh, I- goes over just just a little. Yeah. Um cuz a lot of these songs are are longer, right? Uh so right. uh I, I start off with Overture, which is the opening to Tommy. Awesome. Uh and it's a boy which which comes right after. That's just the g- great opening of the album, uh, oh, nice. followed by uh The Acid Queen. So
1: you are Tommy Heavy. That's a great song though. I and agree. Acid
2: Queen is an absolutely great song. There's That's a great great. Great,
1: there's a lot of great covers of Acid Queen too. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean Tina Turner Yeah. Uh, when she did it. Well, technically she was in the musical, right? Yeah. Right and uh um doesn't bowie do a cover of it and then somebody else there's like three that just came to mind i, can't, I don't remember who the third one was but yeah it's a it's a great song yeah and then
2: uh, tommy's holiday camp which is less than a minute long but great great little fun part and then uh the kids are all right
0: damn damn
2: uh, magic bus oh i've um, heard of that song yeah <laughs> uh behind blue eyes Jam. and then uh I'm going uh athena please eminence front damn ignore,
0: <laughs> ignore len
2: Yeah. so yeah i did did Athena Eminence Front and You Better You Bet. All oh, those are the like off those those. So all three of those songs are great. Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I can see for miles. Jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, summertime Blues.
0: Off uh, Off Live at Leeds or the uh, studio version.
2: Uh both. You, you choose. Yeah. Uh, th- I, I almost put the Live line. at Leeds version is amazing. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, closed it out with uh, the Five Fifteen, which is just a yeah. fantastic. Like everyone knows that feeling. You're on the train home from work and you're pulling your hair out, ready yes. to. Your fellow office mate <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling
0: And that, then we'll get to yours But I have a feeling That none of us put w- Won't Get Fooled Again On our playlist I did that's not
1: happy. I didn't Because I was trying to I wanted to include At least one song Off the five albums I picked Right well, I did mine pretty quickly too And then I was like Oh I'm done already I know Yeah, I filled
2: up mine pretty quick I could make another one And not repeat any songs you know? yeah, yeah Easily Easily
0: Easily That's what That's the That's the beauty of this Is that you have to make Some tough choices
1: And again They weren't that prolific too. That's how good they were. That's why you feel like we've been cheated. There should be five more who-elms. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. But one thing I'll say that affects my view of some of those the big 80s hits, Bruce, is I heard those a billion times oh, on yeah. the radio back then. I heard That's... Athena. I don't mind Athena, but I heard it all the time. You, you better, you better. I heard it all the time. And I don't hate you better, you bet either, but they were everywhere.
2: Oh, yeah. So they're not ones
1: I'm going to choose to play ahead of some of these other ones.
2: I, I still choose to play Eminence.
1: On yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah. But again, you guys have they're pro-eminence, and I'm not. So. I'm I'm a proud pro-eminence. <laughs> that's where we differ. I'm making up the a teaser. eminence. The eminence debate. <laughs> you are, and you, sir, are anti-eminence. That's right. That's right. But enough politics. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: This, this is this is pop culture only.
1: I will go, uh, should I do mine now? Yeah. yeah, that's two years. I had to put, I had to start it with Baba O'Reilly. I know we've all heard it Yes, a billion times. But I have never gotten tired of that song. I love that song, even though... (laughs) I always think about Oaken though, because Oaken would get outraged when people would call the song "Teenage Wasteland." Like, it's not called "Teenage Wasteland." It's Baba O'Reilly is the proper title police. He is yeah. the
2: forcer of the proper names of all things.
1: <laughs> and there's also we're going to talk about Spike Lee in a couple weeks. There's a great scene in Summer of Sam where he's playing Baba O'Reilly, and yes. like Adrian Brody's got the hair, and it's just oh, it's just such a great song. I love it. I love is it. It's who... one of those few. Two songs that have always been around, but I've never gotten tired of. Right. And then I put another Who's Next song because I love it. I mean, I love all of Who's Next, but the song is over. Love that song. I think that's a great song. Then I had My Generation. So I think My Generation, I can see for miles, of My Generation were the two songs that made me want to listen to more of The Who. I'm like, I need to hear more of these guys. Right. Then a deep cut that bringing up Oaken again, that Oaken introduced me to. So Sad About Us. Damn. Then I have I Am an Animal, Pete Townsend Solo. Right. I Can See for Miles, which we all seem to love. Uh, love, Rain, or Me. Yeah, that song's too long. <laughs> hey, what?
0: Hey, you're <laughs> making fun of, me. hey, you're anti-eminence, so I can, uh, yeah, I have rights.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Beef. Did you have to go get a sandwich because your attention span is...
0: Yes, that song makes me hungry. I'm like, oh, it's still going. It's been, it's been eight minutes. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I like So Sad About Us. That's a great joke. Slit Skirts,
1: <laughs> Substitute, yeah. Jam, Damn. Great song. squeeze box we've talked about Damn. and then my last oh no two more my last uh, then i have uh hiding out p towns and solo you know that song love that song great song and then of course fire in the twilight by wing chum <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that song.
1: Which one? Fire in the Twilight or Hiding Out?
0: Uh, You know my feelings on Fire in the Twilight. But yeah, I was talking about Hiding
1: Out. I don't know your feelings on Fire in the Twilight.
0: Uh, I like to keep those to myself just to uh, keep uh, my... uh, You know, the Jag, the Diamond listeners demand impartiality from me. I I, I
1: can't really just... uh, I I think that's a complete lie. You know what? come listen to our impartial podcast that's what people want to hear the, the, I they, didn't they, believe agree on everything they what an interesting opinion podcast that would be yes that's why
0: they get mad about, when Bruce is a guest they're like he's too opinionated you know he just comes out with his agenda
1: based musical choices he's and, uh, walking in with pro-eminence posters and banners right. and all that sloganeering
0: <laughs> alright here's my 45 minute uh, playlist that I have. oh
1: I well it won't have love reign over me on it I guess this
0: this will be this will be love uh rain over me. Uh this will be a love rain over me free zone. Um, I lost my hand it up oh, here. It is. Okay, so I start off with <laughs> Eminence Front. Perhaps you've heard of it. Damn. Uh all jam. Uh then I have <laughs> then I have <laughs> You Better You Bet. That's my second one. Great song. Third is The Seeker. Love that song. Yeah. Love that tune. Yeah, I've cranked that up today. I'm like, this song rule. I asked Bobby Dylan, I asked the Beatles, I asked who was the third one they asked but he couldn't help me either they call me the seeker
1: uh, Huey Lewis I think Could be. <laughs> I, not, I,
0: I asked Wang Chung and he couldn't help me either <laughs>
1: I asked Bobby Crisco. <laughs> uh, all right. Fourth is.
0: I'll, I'll look it up for you, Beav, while you continue. Fourth is bargain. That was my choice from. Oh, nice.
1: Uh, How could you forget, Beav? It was Timothy Leary, your idol. Oh, Timothy. LSD guru,
0: <laughs> Timothy Leary. That, that really, I am now, I am, uh, I am, uh, I'm ashamed. Of you're going to,
1: you're going to be I, out of your cycle billin chat room because of that. I'll be thrown out of every acid uh, Discord group that I belong. I'm shocked, Beav, and disappointed. Sorry. It's uh, been a rough night, rough night for you. I think it's been a great day <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fifth is
0: substitute i love that
1: it's monster jam uh then a
0: legal matter that song rules mm-hmm. although i may sub I, although i may len you you nailed it with so sad about us maybe i'm going to uh, replace a legal matter with so sad about us because that's a jam then i have uh I can see for miles i think that song is a monster then i have two, i have two deep cuts from the who sell out i have uh early morning cold taxi uh which is a jam i don't know if that's if, whether that that was like a bonus cut, kind of like Days uh, from the Kinks. Uh, yeah. And then uh, also from uh, the Who Sell Out, Tattoo. I love that oh, song. Great. Uh, and then my last two songs are Rough Boys, um, which I think is, yeah, that makes me want to uh, flip tables. And then the last one, it's a nine minute, uh, a quick one while he's away. I love that song. Yes. I think it's most famous for
2: being in uh, the movie Rushmore. That's where I heard it. Mm-hmm. I'll be- oh, the, the story behind that is, that was the album where like everyone Hey, everyone write two songs and they were like hey we're still 10 minutes short hey pete townsend you want to write something so he writes a quick one while I, that's like the, the story like the woman is like having an affair you know while her <laughs> <husband's> <laughs> out.
1: and babe <laughs> love- early morning cold taxi is on a bonus it's like a bonus track on one of the cds yeah,
0: yeah it's on on the who sell out but I'm roger a-
1: daltrey wrote it i love that song with dave langston whoever yeah, that is the immortal dave you never heard dave of dave langston Lang- Langston? come on yeah speaking of acid dave langston was uh everywhere Beef's <laughs> <And he> was- <laughs> trying to get back in good with his people by referencing acid yeah i'm trying to uh after his so obscure awful faux pas of forgetting <laughs> timothy leary <laughs> yeah but you know like
0: i could have like picked like i didn't pick anything from tommy or quadrophini um, right and, well to me
1: which i think is interesting those the first four albums on my list every song who's next meaty beady empty glass all the best cowboys any of those songs could have been on my playlist and that's four albums so that's at least 40 songs right and uh, without even thinking i'd be like yes put that on there yeah um so
0: let's talk about songs that we did not put on
1: yeah so- i was gonna ask bruce what's a deep cut like one that most people wouldn't know that you really like by the who Ooh, that's a good, there, that's
2: there's a, a good lot good. of deep cuts on tommy and on quadrinia right um sally simpson off of that's tommy is, is a good one that's a good one. um oh do you think it's all right that's also from tommy yeah that's also from tommy Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. I'm looking
0: on the amazing journey.
2: Yeah, I think mean, that's a great song. I think you know, Boris the Spider, I think is kind of a Yeah, that's a deep cut. I don't think like your, casual, that, you your know, casual
1: classic rock listener would know Boris the Spider. Would not
2: no Boris the Spider, but I, I listened to that album last night. I was like, this this song rule. It does
1: rule. It's a great yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: And I mentioned this one before, but Pictures of Lily. Yeah. I think that's one that was like kind of a hit in the UK but didn't really cross over. Um, Because the
1: U.S. said no songs about whacking off on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Was um It's part of the Pete Townsend frustration trilogy: "Pictures oh of Lily," "Substitute," and "I'm a Boy." Right. <laughs> All great songs. All great. And I was reading. I I have his autobiography it's called "Who I Am," and I read about forty pages today. And I remember when it came out, people did, it didn't get good reviews, but it's pretty good so far. Oh, really? And it's basically. I'm at the point where the Who are starting to open for like the Stones and the kink stuff, so it's getting into. getting into the good stuff but the whole beginning of the book is just his weird childhood like he had to live with his i don't know if it was his grandma or something for a while and she was a nut and just like his early sexual frustrations and (laughs) his feeling of not fitting in so it's pretty cool like i mean just like what we're talking about right so i'm definitely gonna keep reading it
2: so so pete and entwhistle were the the first two guys who were together and they actually started their very first band they were a traditional jazz (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, they met Daltrey in art school. God damn it. All these British guys went to art school. They all went to art school. Game rockstar.
1: Yeah. And Daltrey, I guess, was a badass because there's one part in the book where he's like, like games everybody's and- afraid of Daltrey. <laughs> yeah. I mean you look at Roger
2: Daltrey and you're like really yeah. people were afraid of him yeah a- apparently like he was the guy who was not not doing well in school was like in, in a gang and like you know uh, into rock and roll while you know beating him were you know doing jazz um, this- <laughs> <laughs>
1: what they said was Daltrey got kicked out of school for smoking yeah. but they said he was a good student yeah. so he and wanted to kind of was- get back in school and they're like well no you were smoking though
0: <laughs> which is hilarious because as like time went on like the- all those Guys got like way into the drugs and Daltrey was like he was home by like eleven, like getting right. getting waking up, you know, working out and uh, kind of pretty straight laced compared to all those. Well, other
1: him people. and him and Whistle both got married pretty early too, right?
2: And I think Daltrey was always the business guy too, who was like you know keep keeping them on schedule, right? You know. Yeah,
1: Pete Townsend, he said that. <laughs> Daltrey would show up at his house and basically drag him out of bed to get him to go to gig. Yes. Yeah, he
2: got work today.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Daltrey burned him with his cigarettes and made him get up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but it, right. it's really good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Daltrey has a book too that I read a little bit of, that yeah. another one I have to get back to because I'll read any any rock bio. Give them to me. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: I read uh when uh, the the way that they got Keith Moon was their drummer didn't show up or was sick,
1: and right, exactly.
0: and they said, uh, does anyone out there know how to play drums? And apparently he was wearing. First of all, he was about five one, five foot dude, Keith Moon. Apparently. He was that short. Yeah. I, I think wow. he's a tiny guy. Anyway, he was at the show and he was wearing a brown corduroy suit.
1: <laughs> yes. Which is what B wears to all our production meetings. We're, I'm wearing it I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> Well, Regency shakes his head. As yes, I told you, blue
0: corduroy. What's this brown? One? Yeah, um yeah. I love that. <laughs> See this little round
2: man, brown corduroy suit. And, and I guess like mind on the drums. and I guess Keith Keith Moon was playing in another band um at, that was like sort of a part time gig, and he eventually decided to stay with the Who. He, he started singing with them. And that became full time gig.
1: It's just crazy how these things just line up. Yeah. Like oh, God, yeah. Keith Townsend could have slept through his <laughs> career, you know, <laughs> if Daltrey wasn't like, come on fuck face. <laughs> I gotta do this shit. And fucking Keith Moon in his corduroy jacket gets to be in one of the greatest bands of all time because he happens like, to be there. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not playing with those three losers. I'm going to get another pint. <laughs> but, and just how, and I guess another thing I read today was it was like Moon and Entwistle were buddies, but not necessarily like Townsend and Daltry. It wasn't right. like they were a tight group at all. But I, yeah. you know, obviously together they're great on stage and all these albums. It, it's just weird how something, just lucky like that happens and that's it. Something about these people together yeah. makes it like, like like the Beatles. They all happen to be got connected with each other somehow or else we wouldn't have some of the greatest music ever. Right. You guys
0: watched the uh, the uh concert film, the Monterey Pop Festival? Yeah. Like the Who absolutely kicked ass yes. in that. Like you're I remember just watching it and being like, oh yeah, oh, uh, the Mamas and the Papas oh, all these acts and then the Who come on and you're like, oh god yeah that god. opened
2: the American market for them basically like they came to america like because that was what 67 mm-hmm. right and so they they came that was like that was one of the gigs they got when they when they came across uh to the u.s yeah was, like crazy so they
0: destroyed we haven't talked about their propensity to destroy their instruments so they were known for like smashing their guitars as john hyatt would say smashing a perfectly good guitar um but then well, like, i
2: think i think I think the first time Keith Moon played with them, he uh, broke the bass drum pedal and, uh, you know, put it like through the bass drum head. Uh, and so they, I remember he was like, uh, they they were, uh, they liked his enthusiasm. <laughs>
0: Oh
2: <laughs> my like, good grief! But yeah, and Pete Townsend would like smash guitars and like you know knock things over. Because you know? Here,
1: like- here's another interesting thing I read in his the little bit I read today. So when he was was Townsend was like in high school or whatever boarding school or whatever the hell he was in, his <laughs> he wasn't big on Elvis because the first song he was introduced to was. Love me tender, and then him, his his friend, and his friend's girlfriend would sing it to each other. So he said he thought Elvis was a chump. <laughs> one of my favorite words, chump. <laughs> Elvis chump he sings that gooey shit. <laughs> Love me tender. And like one of his first concerts was Bill Haley and and the comments. Yeah,
0: probably was. I wonder if he was like a Teddy Boy. weren't Teddy Boys in in London? They basically just went to shows and like just tried to beat up as many people as they
1: could. I don't think Pete Townsend was a fighter by any means. Oh, really? Yeah. There's there's a lot of yeah that wasn't for me, so I left. Like, <laughs> people are making out. I left that kind of thing. He was very socially awkward. It sounds like that's interesting. Yeah. Yep. We haven't even talked about like um
0: like some of the innovations that they put across. Like they were one of the first to use synthesizers, like on Bob O'Reilly and Won't Get Fooled Again. And that was. I mean, they definitely that definitely was. Uh, they were uh, a, a pioneer. There, yeah, and the and they were the one of the first to use the Marshall stack. Yes, so didn't,
1: didn't he invent it? Is that true? Maybe I don't know. I think I heard that. Let's, I don't know if it's true though. Let's uh, consult our. Uh... I think what they did with, I mean, I don't have that type of ear to pick things out like that. But with the syn, whatever they did with the synthesizer and who's next, they made it a rock song sound, not a. Oh, this sounds like something. Not, I'm not insulting this band because I like them. It sounds like something Yes would do, or I Emerson know. like. Palmer, they made it part of a rock song. They didn't turn it into some 11-minute progressive rock song about a fish.
0: <laughs> so, so apparently Townsend and Entwistle went to Marshall and said, hey, can you make something that goes to 11? <laughs> there you go. so they developed the classic 100-watt valve amplifier, which doubled the number of output valves, added a large power transformer and an extra output transformer. So they built four of these, delivered them to Townsend. This was in 1965.
1: And then- Oh, Townsend, is that early? Wow.
0: And then town this is according to my staff, my writing staff and research staff, mm-hmm. called Wikipedia. <laughs> of and then, at the, then Townsend and Marshall worked together to produce a eight by 12 inch cabinet on top of which the amplifier head was placed, which gave rise to the Marshall stack. Yeah. So then the size of the wall of Marshall stacks soon became an indicator of the band's status and then which led to ridiculous things like the grateful dead's wall of sound where you know, <laughs> stacking the speakers on top of each
2: other the grateful dead's wall of sound was t- totally different that was like owsley stanley uh okay, that's right uh, electrical engineering you know uh and uh, uh consumer of copiate amounts of psychedelic uh, <laughs> like he like one of the things from the wall of sound that was super interesting is like he wanted uh the the Sound waves from the bass to be like to, could travel a mile. <laughs> all these different sets of frequencies had their own speakers in the wall of sound so, so it's like the, you know they they only had it for one summer though because apparently the roadies uh were not happy about having to assemble and tear down multiple semi-trailers full of speakers every, every night. Oops. but yes the the Marshall stack is still uh prominent today uh what's what's interesting though is a lot of times you'll see like three or four Marshall stacks on the stage o- only one of them is actually active the Others are, are all empty, but it's still part of like you, you know you're not really a rocker unless you have all of just behind. <laughs>
1: it's more
2: like it's more like a set, a set piece. Yeah, exactly, it's part of the yeah, it's part of the stage setup. You know, mm, that is great.
0: Um, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, they talk about um, you know, the whole feedback. You know, just like they, oh yeah, like that. Pete Townsend was one of the first to use feedback, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he was. And like you know, Jim Jimi Hendrix came right behind him. Jimi Hendrix like got the Marshall uh, amps a little bit after uh, Townsend worked them like and then you know hendrix made made them famous as well um but, that's, yeah,
0: that's- but townsend was one of the first
2: oh yeah he was the first he was the guy who developed the the 100 watt tube amplifier head which i i will tell you i have a five watt tube amplifier over here yeah. that goes ridiculously low. and his was how much A 100 watt tube amp. this is i have a five watt <laughs> which is which you wouldn't go play a stage show with but like in in this room like it's you know it, it's it's plenty plenty loud enough a 15 watt tube amp is crazy is loud enough to play most bar right so 100 watts is ridiculous
1: we'll have to have that at b's new year's eve party yeah i'm not having a new year's eve as illegal Wait, what time should we show up
0: i not having one don't come the doors will be locked <laughs> See you there, Bruce. <laughs> Can't wait. I'll be. Have a- you guys heard
1: about this? Their legendary lost album? No. Ooh. Lifehouse. Oh yeah, yeah. I have heard of Lifehouse. Yeah. 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 It was funny because Mojo, which I get, I got a subscription, and then Uncut also same month. They're both talking about it. And maybe that's another reason why they don't have more albums because Pete Townsend gets caught up in these projects and for right. wh- whatever
2: reason this one didn't come to fruition. Yeah. That's like Ray-, Ray Davies of the Kinks was always doing all these side project ball. Well, like, get but I feel up. like the Kinks were. Or have more albums. Well, oh, the Kinks have a lot of albums,
1: no, no doubt.
0: Yeah. It's so prolific.
1: But I think Pete Townsend just wanted to do so many different things. Like, he'd want to... <laughs> yeah. Weren't they supposed to build, like, a giant, like, set or something for Lifehouse? He had a lot of, lot of ideas for that. So, so
2: one, one thing we didn't talk about is... Uh, so, Keith Moon died, and uh, John Entwistle died, and John Entwistle died a very rock and roll death. So, he was found dead in his hotel room at the Hard Rock Casino in Las Vegas died of a heart attack and the the closing sentence is cocaine was a contributing factor
1: <laughs> was he with a, a hooker too
2: wasn't it something uh, like well that? I mean if you're in a hotel room in Vegas i mean there's <laughs> odds are odds are fifty-fifty, and you're in the who yeah
0: and uh yeah and uh, yeah cocaine and hookers are probably prominently
2: involved so i have i have a great uh uh pete Townsend story so I can,
1: can i uh, real quick bruce because to finish off this Entwistle thing. Oh, yeah. Entwistle had gone to bed that night with Allison Rouse, a local stripper and groupie, oh. <laughs> who awoke the next morning to find Entwistle cold and unresponsive. Oh. It was a heart attack induced by an undetermined amount of cocaine. <laughs> oh,
2: how, how much? Uh, you know what that means? All of it.
1: Did all of the <laughs> Allison says there are also forty Marshall stacks in the room,
2: yeah. <laughs> and she can no longer hear. It. Yeah. So one of one of our uh, friends uh, is is married to uh, this guy Warren, who did all of the um, memorabilia purchasing for the Hard Rock uh, chain. And so we were in Vegas visiting them one time, and he took me up to like he had a couple of rooms in the Hard Rock Hotel, and he handed me uh, one of Pete Townsend's Les Paul that had been like laid on tour. That rules. Fair. Yeah, it was like the number nine Les Paul. Like I got to check that out. That was that was very cool. He also had uh, the white glove worn by Michael Jackson. Wow. They yeah. Uh, when we have, have our jag bags
1: memorabilia, we'll have him take care of that for
2: us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So what were we we going to close with? Uh, where they are in the pantheon? Yeah, let's do that. Pantheon of, of all rock rock stars and rock legends.
0: Yes. Yeah, so first pantheon is of course reserved for the Beatles and the Stones and just just Elvis. Um, and And then second Pantheon would be kind of lesser. Maybe the Kinks are second Pantheon. I mean, I
1: don't know if the Kinks are first Pantheon. They're my first Pantheon. But yeah. I put the Kinks third. And I love the Kinks. But Pantheon, I think, is not like what you think. It's like impact, how well known they are, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. So to me, it would seem like the Who is second Pantheon. But I could see an argument for first Pantheon. I would say second. I I would say say second
2: also. Yeah. I mean, they sold, what, like 100 million records or something? Like ridiculous number records yeah. uh but again not as prolific as the stone not as definitely not as popular as the beat right um yeah they're just and, like, and, but also like not as um uh underappreciated as the kings right i think the, the kings no that's rap. why yeah who is more you know more yeah. well known and um and all that right so yeah for so sure. i think second yep i agree look
1: at that we agree see we're ending wow. on a good note we agree on second pantheon and i can
2: see for miles
0: and but we disagree on eminence front <laughs>
2: And Sultans of Swing, which is a goddamn jam.
0: And my New Year's Eve party, which I am not having. Not
1: having. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna bring some new creations from Ashwater Speed. Beef. So.
0: <laughs> I've uh, I've contacted my private security force. <laughs> I hate that it has to come to this.
1: Isn't that what you said about the Halloween party? And that was
0: that was an empty threat. But uh, that uh, th- this uh, this will not be. Um, <laughs> all right.
1: Wait uh, wait wait, real quick, though, Beef. Aren't there still a couple people still at your house from the Halloween yes, party?
0: Yes, there are. There's uh, Timothy Chalamet. You know, finally got out because he had to. You know, go host Saturday Night Live. So
1: he's not still there because he had uh, to leave. He just left. Or else he would still be there.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah Andy Avalos, the channel uh, five weatherman is or seven weatherman is uh, he's still there and uh so that's wrong. Uh I'll send I mean, more
1: over because that's a little that's a little excessive.
0: Right. Also Charles Peanut Tillman uh refused. Really? Uh, but you
1: like him though.
0: He's he's he, I told him I was like you can stay as long as you clean up. Yeah he
1: wrote on social media Beeve wants me to stay one more day.
0: <laughs> he's got he's got some great he's like he got some great <laughs> Urlacher stories He's like, why does Beev only eat cornflakes for breakfast, though? That's yeah, a private uh, matter, and I really wish you <laughs> would put that. In. TikTok, the way he does. Guy's always on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> Till. Uh, all right. Anything else uh, from uh, on our topic uh, of the Who tonight?
2: No. Good. I think I think we wrapped it up, man. Good stuff. Pretty efficient.
0: Love it. <laughs> well, we want to thank uh, our uh, JAG Corps, uh guest Bruce Hollett, for once again uh, improving our uh, uh, our content. Uh, so thanks as always for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, and we want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Please subscribe. Subscribe to Jagbags. hit that yellow subscribe button and you can have outstanding content delivered to your device twice a week. Uh, we are also on social media, so uh, visit us there. Tell us your favorite Who songs or albums or your favorite Who memory. Um, we are on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. So visit us there. So just a show talk. If you said what the heck? Why? I, I, I can't believe you guys uh, didn't even mention uh, 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 Sally Simpson once or only mentioned Sally Simpson ones you need a whole podcast episode devoted to that topic let us know if we pick it we'll send you a jag bags t-shirt uh so uh thanks again when you're ready to listen put a little jag bag in your ear.